it's up to you and me to shine a guiding light and lead the way. United by our cause, we have the power to pursue what we believe. We'll achieve the realization of our dreams. Hello, and welcome to this episode of New Horizons. I'm Vaughan Benison. Thanks once again for your company. This week, we're going to hear once again one of uh, what I would say is the most popular episodes of New Horizons that I've produced over the last nearly five and a half years. Back in 2015, the convention in Perth, Jenny Dawson spoke to us about parenting. We've aired this a couple of times now, and every time we get really positive feedback, so I thought it was time we heard it again. It was last featured in New Horizons around episode number 534 or thereabouts. Now, some will say... That they broke the mould when they made me. Yes, I knew I'd get a bite from somewhere. Um, and they, cer- um, they certainly did because in the 80s I was a little bit different to most women. I never wanted to be a career girl. I did, however, want to be a mum. I wanted to be a stay-at-home mum. I wanted to raise a family and I had the opportunity to do that. And fortunately, because my husband was able to keep me in the style that I became accustomed, I was able to stay at home and raise two gorgeous boys who are now adults. Um, Trevor helped in that somewhat, but I was the main (laughs) caregiver, so I'm here doing the talk today, and and he's not a woman, so, you know. He must know his place, right, girls? (laughs) Now, when you have two parents who are blind, and Trevor and I are both totally blind... There are certainly um, several challenges in raising children. And do you know what the most significant one I actually believe is? Not being able to drive. And when you've got kids and you need to be chauffeuring them around to all the sorts of things that they like to get involved in in the community, then not being able to drive is actually like having a disability all on its own. So... We had to do a lot of thinking um, initially before we decided to have children to, you know, we had a good hard think to see if we could, um, felt that we could actually do it and do it well. And we decided that we could. Now, when the children were babies, and I'm not going to talk about practical solutions so much today as the fundamentals of, of parenting, I think, particularly when you're blind, When the kids were little babies, it was actually, in some respects, quite a lot easier. It got more difficult when they got to be on the move, and, oh, boy, can a crawling baby move fast. (laughs) So one of the things that I deployed was to put a bell on their shoulders. And I'll tell you a little bit, a little story as we move on about number two son. But... Um, when, they were, when they were tiny babies, really you just had to make sure that you were organised, you had everything that you needed for nappy changing and bathing and everything at your fingertips and you could be a successful mother. However, the first hurdle that I had that really shook me to my core back then because I was going to do everything for my child was that our firstborn, Scott, had congenital cataracts and had them both removed by the time that he was four months of age. 
And you know the thing that got me? I couldn't do his eye drops. And that, that really did shake me to my core. It wouldn't these days because I've got nothing to prove to myself or anyone else. But back then, I sure did. So we had to figure out how we were going to tackle that and we, we had a visiting nurse come to do it. So that was, the, that was the first real anxiety I had, even more than when he was diagnosed because there's all these people fluffing around us, offering cups of tea and, you know, and, oh, isn't it tragic? Your child has got this problem and I, I'm sitting there going, well, come on, can we get on with it and solve it? <laughs> because disability to us... Meant no, well, it had no fear. So the next stage of childbearing, or child rearing, I should say, the bearing had been done, um, <laughs> was when they were toddlers. And, of course, they like to explore. So what you need to balance as, as toddlers, and one of the lessons that I had to learn was being able to give them enough freedom um, and not stilting them and learning to trust them. And sometimes we don't trust our children enough. And our kids learnt fairly quickly, and it was fairly instinctual, that um, they would know when they could take extra freedom. So they knew when there was a decent pair of eyes around that could keep an eye on them. And they knew when they were with us that they couldn't stray as far, mind you. Number two son did try that occasionally. Um, so again, it was instilling in them those things. Now, when uh, one of the strategies that I employed to sort of become known in the community and to start to create a network of other parents, because you really do need that bit of support from the community to ensure that your kids lead... Um, a life just like every other child in the community. And one of those, the best strategies, I think, to this day that I decided I needed to do was actually to get involved in the playgroup movement. And by doing that, other parents got to know me, particularly mums, because dads should have been out working, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> and when it came to uh, needing to get to, you know, playgroup picnics, uh, when it came to the kids going off to preschool and I needed lifts for them to get there, that all then happened. So that held us in good stead. And then we moved on to the school years. And one of the things that someone said to me when our kids were very young, and I have never forgot, forgotten, and I would give this advice to any of you and to, you know who, who want to have children, they must feel special because of you and not disadvantaged because of you as a person who is blind. And I never forgot that. So when it came to the kids going to school, I actually went with my guide dog and I learnt how to navigate that school. And the reason I did that, because I never wanted to feel that my kids had to come to the front gate to meet me, that they had to escort me to assembly because the other kids in the playground didn't do that. I needed to be able to come and go just like any other parent. Driving was out of the question, but, you know, can't do everything. Uh, and I did that. And, of course, 
Uh, the notoriety that the kids got, and this is where do- guide dogs can come in very handy, I was the only parent who was allowed to bring the dog to school. <laughs> and on assembly days, she would march up where we had assembly, take me to where I sat. Didn't matter if anyone was sitting there. That was our seat. And you know what? They always moved. I'm not sure, though, whether they moved for me or actually Jess, the dog. Probably the dog. Um, can you imagine, actually, if you've got... You know what it's like when you've got a guide dog, you don't get a look-in with other people? Well, when you've got a baby and a guide dog, you really don't get a look-in anywhere. <laughs> so the other major thing about child-rearing, I think, is um, in some circumstances, you need to shift the responsibility onto them for certain things. Now, this is a pretty fine line that you have to tread. But what I mean about that is... If our kids didn't do their homework, sure, they could lie to us and tell us that they did, they did it and we couldn't check. But who fronted the teacher the next day? It wasn't me and I didn't know. If they went to school in something that wasn't their uniform, didn't bother me. I didn't know because I couldn't see it. But they copped it at school. So by shifting that responsibility a little bit, and there were other things as well, I think it actually did the, more, the world of good. And... Today, they have such fantastic life skills. And yes, they used to do little things for us. But again, you have to be mindful of how much you, um, you ask them to do for you. And we always allowed them to express their um, frustrations at us being blind because we had them too. And we always had an open policy about that. And you know the, fr- the frustration that happened more than anything else? Oh, God, Mum, I wish you could drive. <laughs> and I used to go, oh, and so do I. So our kids have grown up. Um, the oldest is 27 now and an auto electrician. He was the one who had the cataracts. And um, he has far acts out exceeded our expectations of of what he can see and he drives and he's an auto electrician. The youngest one who always pushed the boundaries, he um, is now a pilot in the Air Force and he flies Hercules out of of Richmond in Sydney. Not bad for a couple of blindies, eh, to produce a pilot? And he's been asked often along the way, have you had your eyes checked? And we used to call him Eagle Eyes. Now, my time's probably just about up, but I'll just tell you a a very quick little story. This child was my... His name is Christopher, and he was my challenge. When he was two years of age, he actually climbed the fence and got out. And I'm out the front thinking, oh, my God, how am I going to find this kid? And it was probably only about five minutes... And then my neighbour walks across the road to me and he says, you know, I don't believe this kid and and I'm calling and calling. He's standing over there and he's watching you and he's holding on to his bells. Jenny Dawson from Western Australia. Now... Some years ago, the National Women's Branch put out a book called Kids Are Fun For Everyone, which is all about blind parents and uh, some hints and tips for bringing up children. And I think there's some comments from grandparents in there as well. That book is no longer available, but if you can find some copies anywhere, it's well worth a read if you're considering having children yourself or if you are becoming a grandparent or something like that. So if you can find that, as I said, it's called Kids Are Fun For Everyone. And that presentation came from the convention held in WA in 2015. 
Julianne Bell has reached out and asked me to mention to you that on Saturday the 10th of April, that's this coming Saturday, the all-new Queensland branch is having its first get-together. If you'd like to know more, contact Blind Citizens Australia or check the member update, which is due to be released any day. And you remember that a few weeks ago we spoke to Julianne Bell about the potential formation of the Queensland branch. That was done in the inaugural general meeting. And congratulations to all of those in Queensland who were involved in the formation of that branch. And uh, I believe that uh, our good friend and uh, New Horizons regular Steve Richardson is the president of that branch. So no doubt we'll be hearing from Steve and Julianne over the next uh, 12 months or so about what's happening in and around Queensland. If you'd like to contact Blind Citizens Australia, 1-800-033-660 is the telephone number, 1-800-033-660. BCA relies heavily on donations from the community. You could become part of our BCA backers program or you could make a one-off donation to Blind Citizens Australia. Of course, all donations over $2 are tax deductible. If you'd like to find out how you can donate to BCA, then have a look at the website bca.org.au. As well, there's a lot of information about blindness and vision impairment in general, as well as back issues of Blind Citizens News and uh, other Blind Citizens Australia publications. bca.org.au is the website and the email address is bca at bca.org.au. I'll talk to you again next week. We'll achieve the realization of a dream of our